actually was um, sitting at the kitchen table when we were having dinner this week and um, the shower, as, as most of you know, she's heading off to Sydney to live um, in the new year and she was like, I'm homeless and uh, where is my home? And she was kind of having this funny little moment and I just said, you know, heaven's your home. That's where our home is. Good morning. Um, and, and it got me thinking, where does it say that in the Bible, where heaven is our home? And um, we all kind of know that. Do we know that? That heaven is our home? Once we ask Jesus into our life, that heaven becomes our home. That's where our destination is. But there's actually a lot in the Word that talks about that it's our home now. And um, so I just wanted to share with you some of the things that I've blogged on this week. Um, when I thought about heaven and what it is actually for us now. And I know that we've been engaging and we've been learning how to um, set our hearts and our minds and focus upon heavenly places and that we need to come up. And, you know, I see it like a light line and down here's all the stuff of the world and what the enemy's trying to fire us and we're going to come up above this line. That's where the heavenly things are and where we can really step into that those dimensions and realms. Um, but... The word is really rich when you start to look um, in Philippians 3.20. And if you've got your Bibles, have you got your Bible? And I'll just read it. And um, let's turn there. It's always good to get your word out. Philippians 3.20. This is a really big Bible. You could hit somebody with this thing. Keep it what you hit yourself in the head with. <laughs> drop yourself. <laughs> All right, Ephesians, oh, Philippians three twenty. Different translation for me. Where are we? But our citizenship is in heaven, from where also we await for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our bodies so that we may be conformed to His glorious body. Verse twenty says, "But our citizenship is in heaven." So when we ask Jesus into our life and we um, say, I'm going to follow you, you're no longer, we know that we're no longer bound by this world, we're no longer constrained, we're new creations, never been seen before, we've become superhuman, we're not constrained by just the natural realm anymore. We know that, don't we? We know it in our heads, whether we live there is another thing, but we know it in our heads. And um, so I was looking up what citizen meant. And a citizen is a native of a city or an inhabitant who enjoys the freedom and privileges of the city in which they reside. What's more, a citizen is someone who legally belongs to a country and has the rights and protection of that country. As citizens of heaven, we have all the rights, benefits and protection that heaven lends to its people. So when we think of ourselves, it says but our citizenship is in heaven, is that we are citizens of heaven. We actually belong there. You know, like, who's a citizen of Australia? Is everybody citizens? Yes? So we're all citizens. If you weren't a citizen and you've now become a citizen, you know that you have to go through a ceremony and all those things, and it's like, you belong. This is my country. This is my home. This is... And it's like, we, we get that down here, don't we? It's like, you know, if you went somewhere and you got in trouble, you could go to the embassy and I'm a citizen of Australia and you would have all the protection of, of Australia, even if you're in another place. Yes? Well, it's the same for us, that our heaven is our home and we have a citizenship in heaven, so we have all the protection, all the rights, all the privileges of heaven. 
Now think about that for a minute. All the rights, all the protection, all the privileges of being a citizen of heaven. That is your country. You have a passport there permanently. And it starts to change. If you actually start to meditate on that, it starts to change your perspective of I'm just not, I'm not forgotten about. I don't, um, you know, like people go, where do I belong? And who do I belong to? And who is my family? And all those things is that actually, yes, you have your natural family here, but you have a heavenly family. You have a heavenly home. You have, you know, it doesn't matter what your house looks down here because you have a mansion up there. Do you know what I mean? And it's like... If we really lock into that, it will change how we think. That we're not by ourselves. We have the full army of heaven behind us. You know, Elijah, when he... Was it Elijah or Elisha? I think it was Elijah. And he was um, the, surrounded by an enemy army. Was it Elijah? Elisha. Anyway, he was surrounded by an enemy army. And um, he'd been praying and he was in his house and his, his um, servant was having a meltdown, going, the army's surrounding us, are covering the whole hills, we're in trouble. And, and he just prayed, let my servant see. And, and the Lord opened his eyes so he could see in the spirit. And all across the hills around was these chariots of fire with you know, horsemen. And it was like the army of the Lord. And he's like, you don't have to worry because you, we've got the protection of all of heaven. And that's what it's like with us. If we knew, we knew, we knew, we knew that we were citizens of heaven, we would walk into situations, we would walk into workplaces, we would walk into our Christmas dinner, we would walk in wherever we go, ah, and know that we have all the backing of heaven behind us. We have all the rights and privileges of what it means to belong to him. Are you feeling better already? You're actually... A royal priesthood. You're actually kings and priests, it says, that we are princesses. If you're a female and you're a king or a prince in, in God's, in God's um, family. There is no room for low self-esteem when you realise that you're a citizen of heaven. We've got to look at ourselves in the morning, in the mirror, and say who we are and who our God is. Who we are and who our Father is. Who we are and who our King is. Because whatever is going on down here is nothing compared to what we have at our disposal in the heavenly realms. Are you getting good? Are you, am I preaching happy yet? You're all like, mm, it's good. I need some encouragement. I haven't had very much sleep, people. <laughs> Now, just as a citizen adopts the culture and practices of the nation or a kingdom to which they belong, the same is true for us when we realise where we have a citizenship. Now, when I moved to Australia, yes, I had to adopt their culture. I no longer call these jandals. They are thongs, even if that might mean other things in other places. It's like, it's no long, it's like you, you adopt... Even if I think pavlova was invented in Australia and uh, New Zealand, I, I, I <laughs> it wasn't. It was New Zealand. <laughs> but as a citizen of Australia, we let it go to the keeper because <laughs> I'm married to him. And it's like you just you adopt the culture. Anybody from somewhere else, you'll know you adopt the culture, or you know you stick out funny, and and it's like and you get hassled. <laughs> Um, but it's like you, you have a funny I'll oh, be quiet I was about to talk about my accent and now you just see I told you you used to get out funny but it's like I learned very fast to say six 
properly for an Australia because my student number was 896. Six. <laughs> but I learned to say six. It's like you, now I'm going to say it wrong, but it's, you learn to adopt the culture, not because you have to fit in, but because, okay, this is where God's planted me. You know, I could say I watch the All Blacks, but I don't. I actually support Australia. Sorry, Mum. But, um, <laughs> but it's like, um, it's, it's you adopt the culture. I would not say I'm a New Zealander anymore. I live in Australia. God put me here. He put I love AFL. I actually don't like rugby. I think it's just downright boring. <laughs> My Western Australia. It's like I've adopted the culture of Western Australia. There's no going back. I love the Eagles. They're my team. All Blacks is just a silly game when they run around the mud. But <laughs> please love me still, New Zealand listeners. But it's like, it's like I've <laughs> isolated half my listeners. But it's like, it's like I've adopted the culture of where God put me. Okay, he put me here, he called me here, he called me to the people here to serve and to pastor. That's where he planted me. And so I can't be over here. It's like I, I belong here, but I also have a higher citizenship, a citizenship in heaven. And if you ask me where I come from, I would say I come from heaven. You know, I had a funny conversation with Justin and he said, and he said, uh, he says, um, Oh, um, no. I said, oh, where are you from? He says, I'm from heaven. I said, oh, you've got a, you've got a unique heavenly accent. It's Welsh accent. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> but it's like we've we got to think where we actually are from because when we think that, it actually changes how we relate to one another too. There is no divides when we realise that we're all from him, that we all belong to him, that he created us all. No matter what colour we are, no matter where we're from, no matter how funny or not funny we talk, it's like we all belong to him. He created us. We're all made in his image. And so when we do that flip of we belong to him as citizenship when we follow him, you have family everywhere. You can go to any city, any country, anywhere in the world and you will have family. And we really experienced that when we were travelling through the States and Canada and the, the Lord said, I want to guide you and I was wanting to get all, I know I've told you, I wanted to have all travel plans all sorted and Jesus said, if you do that, I won't be able to lead you. I want to lead you. And so I went, all right then, it's not working so I'll just let you do it. But everywhere we went except for one place where the Lord was showing us something else, we had people that knew him that looked after us, that opened their home, that opened their Airbnbs for us and looked after us. And it was like, we have family wherever we go. You don't ever have to feel alone. It's like Shara going to Sydney. She's already meeting people that know him. It's family everywhere. That It's like we're, we're part of this huge, global, universal, heavenly family. And we belong to that. So, we, you know, if you're thinking about Christmas and going, uh-huh, <laughs> <laughs> or thinking I'm feeling lonely, we don't actually need to feel lonely because we have this huge family. And when we come together, we are family. And it's like that's what it means also that we have our citizenship in heaven is because we are citizens all together of a heavenly place and we have a lot of authority and power in that place too. And when we ascend together, when we step in, and that's what we've been learning to do is think we don't pray from down here Okay, let's go home. Let's step up and just connect in at home and think, all right, what's heaven doing this morning? What's Father doing this morning? What does he want to release this morning? Because we belong there. It's not, you're, you're not visiting. 
We're not visitors in heaven. We actually have a citizenship of heaven where we belong and we can step in. John 10 says you can step in and out. Jesus is a door and we can go in and out. Why would he say that? John 10 says, Jesus said, I am the door and you can come in and out of me and find green pasture. He's saying you can come into those heavenly realms, get what you need, get the perspective of heaven, see what I'm doing, hear what I'm saying, and then come out and do what you need to do down here because we have a job to do. We're ambassadors of heaven down here. It's like we go into heavenly places, we release what we need to release, we come out and we get done what we need to do, but you, you always are going, oh, I'm going home. I'm, I'm, oh, part of me is always at home. You know, when you travel, part of you is always at home. Yeah? Maybe? <laughs> yes? And that's what it's like. It's that God wants us to, that, that we know where home is. When you're weary, when you're feeling burdened, when you're feeling disappointed, that you know that you can always come home. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn from me, and I'll teach you how to live freely and lightly. It's like you can go home anytime. Just close your eyes. Ah, I'm there. That's how God wants it to be, that we can just know that we have a home in him, that he is our home and that heaven is our home and um, that we have that perspective. So this morning we're going we're gonna to spend some time at home, <laughs> you know, that we're going to come home together and get the perspective and listen to what heaven is saying this morning because when we get a handle on what he is doing, it's like, what's dad doing today? What's he want to say to me today? What's he want to release in my life and in, in, in my street, in my workplace? What's he want to do? And we, um, I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. If you've read the Narnia series, um, he just got this. He just understood the heavenly realms. He was like, you know, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. He stepped through the door. Step, that's like stepped through the veil. It's like I encourage you really go back and look at that movie and read it because that, he understood even back then, like the Lord was showing him how to step in and out and how the other dimensions and realms of the spirit work. And um, he said, but he, in the last battle, there's a quote by um, a horse. And uh, his name is Jewel. Because you do actually have talking horses in heaven. You ask Isaac, he talks to the horses all the time up there. Um, he says, he describes his homecoming when he, and when he was able to see heaven. And he says, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. Come further up, come further in. Heaven is our home. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Philippians 2.19 and Philippians 3 says, but our citizenship is in heaven. So let's, let's just really engage this morning. Know that you belong, that the door is open. Now, I always, I'm visual, so I find it easy to just close my eyes and just walk down that path like you're walking through a garden, step through the door or gate, and Jesus is there. Other of you might be senses or feelers. It's really how you perceive. I'm not seeing, I'm perceiving, you know. Um, but that's how I perceive, as I see. Others might feel. So I just want you to close your eyes right now, wherever you are, and really focus in on Jesus. Just take a few moments if 
you haven't had time this morning already to just examine your heart. If there's anything that you know that you might have messed up on or you're just feeling burdened with sin, just say, Lord, I ask that you forgive me. Let's give that to you. You might have been worried. Might have been stressed. Just cast all your cares upon him before he, because he cares for us. Just lay all your burdens down. And then come in. presence all around us that you to share with everyone else. I just encourage you to do that. I was seeing like this, um, we're all on a boat together and um, the boat was like in pretty good nick but we're on like real like torrential waters and everyone was like running around the boat, you know, like I don't really know much about boats, but they were like pulling all the ropes and stuff, you know, trying to keep it steady. And um, Jesus just came down and he said, you know, stand yourself on solid ground. And he just grabbed the boat and like ripped it up out of the water and was holding it there. And he's like, stand yourself here because it's firm. You know, don't worry about trying to steady the water. And then um, God just came down and like, breathed through the water and it just went completely flat and then he just like put the boat back down and was just like you know remember to ground yourself on where it's steady and yeah that's that's in heaven right like yeah I want to share. Is seeing anything? <clears throat> Hearing, sensing?
Yep. <clears throat> it's good when we step in, it's, you know, we can go to where, where we often will go if you're used to stepping in and engaging that way, but don't just presume um, that you're going to go to the same place. The Lord wants to show us deeper. He says that, you know, he wants to show us the mysteries of the universe and, and there's so much, there's so much to, to speak and share with us and, and you go deeper in him. So... Back in the room for a little bit. <clears throat> who went? Who went somewhere? Just a show of hands, so I know where we're at with this. Yeah. Yes. This. I was looking over there. This side of the room, I can see. <laughs> yeah. Anybody sense? Any sense God's presence? Do you sense when I say, okay, let's just take some time and set a focus? Can you do you sense anything or yeah, to sense peace with God? Yeah. Who who sees? Yeah. Yeah. What were you seeing? Hug. Hug. Mm. Hug. Hugs are good. <laughs> That's what you needed today. Yeah. Yep. And then there was then probably small amount of things that went up. But I didn't read about him often on the water. But um, he walked on the water. I don't know where I was, but then all of a sudden I'm floating and he's holding me up. But he's walking on the water, but I'm in the water. Yep. Yep, it's good. You get to that place of rest. That's right. And it goes a little bit with what Simon, you've got that just, he's the steady ground. He's the, yeah, that you can rest. We don't have to struggle and fight and we can actually just rest. <laughs> yeah, because um, when we find that place of rest, it's like you know that God's got you. No matter what's going on, that God's got it, that he's gone before you, that he hedges all around you. Yeah, and he wants us to, he wants us so desperately to have that because what the world has is, is, is got is no rest. It's like you, you talk to people and even when you're in your own life and you're ah, having moments, it's like that's what is stolen from us is that peace and rest. And it's like Jesus is our peace. Yeah. Anybody else? Who's, who else saw something? Beck? Big voice. Happy place, yeah. 
And that's right. It's when we and when we actually are facing to not just squish him. Okay, let's let's step into that realm with him and give them to him and 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 let him work through things with us. Yeah, rather than oh that happened and just push things aside. I was upset. I was angry. It's like because we build stuff up and it becomes toxic in our brains and our souls. And it's like don't don't let things build up. So actually go to Jesus and sit down with him, have a counselling session with him. You know, he is our counsellor. The Holy Spirit is our counsellor. He's our guide. He's our standby. And yes, it's great to talk to other people, but the first one is him. He wants us to sit down with him and it will save you a lot of money. It's like, and not a time. It's like, it can take years to work through things. And yes, sometimes there is a process, but if we would learn to take the time with him and sit down with him, it can be like, you know, five minutes. It's like sometimes you just need a big group hug in heaven and you're, I'm good to go now. It's like you get what you need to be able to do what we need to do down here. Yeah? Anybody else? I might just give you the mic. It's my birthday coming up in a few days. And we're getting ready to send the gifts down. And he said, they're not gifts that you, you think about, he said. And, and then I said, oh, yeah, you see, like on the Christmas cards, peace and joy to the world. He said, that's it. That's what we're getting ready to come and give. Yeah, we, we um, have to change our thinking of what heaven is like. We often think it's always angels with harps and, you know, floaty, floating around and everybody's sitting around picnicking. And yes, there is, there is that, but actually heaven is a really busy place and they, they are engaging with what we're doing. Hebrews said that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on and they do engage with what we're doing. They do intercede for us and they do release things. It's like the angels are like, all right, we're releasing peace and joy and goodwill to all men. It's like it's actually, um, I had this funny thought. We had this huge conversation about Santa Claus with Isaac yesterday. It took all day. <laughs> um, but anyway, we were talking about St. Nicholas, who actually, where, that is where the idea of um, Santa came from. And St. Nicholas, well, he was a saint. Um, he was a godly man. Now, if you're a saint, you have to have done three miracles that are documented. So he was, you know, a supernatural dude. All right, so St. Nicholas, he was the one that went around and the children would dry their stockings in front of the fire every night and he went into the houses and would give gifts to the poor children. Yes? And, um, but I was like thinking about it. I was just going along before we had this conversation with Isaac because Philip decided to tell him about Santa. <laughs> anyway, bigger than Ben-Hur. Um, and um, I was thinking, you know, he must have been a really busy guy. And it just this thought just dropped into my spirit of, of, you know, he had angel help. He had angel help to help him do what he did. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I started thinking that a bit. And, you know, when you watch Christmas movies, because we love Christmas movies, and you think about all the – come on, you can, you can just be there. Yeah, no, that's not on We vetoed Elf. Sorry, elf lovers, but we've vetoed that movie. Um, <laughs> now we watch. We love that movie. Anyway, um, 
Where was I? You distracted me, Simon. <laughs> um, yeah, that he had help. You know, he would have had angelic help because it says that when we are doing what God wants us to do, and St. Nicholas would have been doing what the Lord had prompted him to do, to give to the children and to give to the poor, that we have ministering spirits who help us in what we're called to do. Now, just because we may not have been in the realm previous to now, I've been able to see the angels, they actually are there to help us. And we had a funny little angel angel moment. Philip and the boys were getting the Christmas tree out and that, you know, the bits of the Christmas tree, you have all the branches that you got to stick in and it takes forever. And then I've learnt you can fluff the tree. Does anybody know about fluffing? (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell Anna that. Anna is not. (laughs) Anyway, you can fluff the tree. Weird. It's actually YouTube videos on it. I'm just going to have a look at home. And uh, (laughs) you have to make them all look like a peacock. Anyway. She did. Thank you for fluffing our tree. Um, but anyway, we hadn't got to the fluffing stage yet. <laughs> and Philip was like, had put all the branches in. <laughs> it's just because I'm surrounded by boys. You would just go straight there. <laughs> and <laughs> be quiet. Um, and. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a boy humour, toilet humour. It's not even 10 o'clock at night. Um, Anyway, there was a branch missing and they went off to find it and they couldn't find it anywhere. They were standing looking at the Christmas tree. There was nothing on the ground and they're like, there's a branch missing. Oh, well, we'll have to turn the tree around. There's going to be a bare spot, a -A B-A-R-E spot. (laughs) And, And anyway, they walked away from the tree, came back and the branch is sitting on the ground in front of the Christmas tree. And we're like, where did that come from? It's like the angels have been messing with our tree. So it's like they do help us. They do help us. It was like you think that, that God isn't interested in the little things, and that's actually religious thought. I get annoyed when people go, oh, God, I've prayed for this. I've prayed God help me with my shopping. If I need to do something and I'm walking along the aisles and I'm like, God knows how busy I am, I'll get the Lord will say, you need to buy that, and I do, do I? oh, well, I better do it. And when I get home, sure enough, I need it. It's like God is interested in the little details of life, whether it's a missing Christmas tree branch that he needs to send angels to put in front of your tree again because you've lost it, or it's, it's what you need. But it's like heaven is engaging with what we're doing. And when I was talking about St. Nicholas, is that the angels were helping him. And, you know, you think about all the Christmas stories about the elves you know, they're probably just angels and eventually, well, oh, I don't believe in angels, so they became elves. But it's like the origin and roots of a lot of what is out there is actually God was in the middle of it. God still wants to deliver peace and joy and gifts. And it's like we can all be like Santa Claus. You know, we can all give and we do have angelic help. The elves initially, originally, would have been the angels helping Saint Nick. Yeah, and who says that he couldn't? You know, Philip in the Bible went from running along like as fast as a chariot, in Acts, if you read the story, he ran as fast as a chariot with horses pulling it to speak to the eunuch and he, and he jumped up in his, in his chariot and talked to him about Jesus. They got out, he baptised him in the water and then zip, the next place you find, he disappeared and the next place you find Philip was in another city. So who says... But St. Nick didn't go from one place to another very fast in his sleigh. Come on now. 
<laughs> I'm just messing with you. But it's true. It's like who said that he could not have gone from one dimension to the next? And this is the thing I was we were trying to show I tell Isaac yesterday is is yes, we love Christmas and we love the magic of Christmas and all that, but it's actually supernatural things that we don't want him to lose that oh, that was just make believe. It's because supernatural things do happen and there is different realms and dimensions and physics is agreeing with the Bible now. Science actually is getting in line with this book. is a specky book and things happened in there that are not able to be explained away by natural means. But now science is catching up and going, oh, actually you can be in one, one place and found in another. And it talks about that. If you go looking through this book for specky things where people did, they were in one place and then they went to another. Elijah did it. Paul, I think it was Paul, would say, I am wait until I get there in spirit. He said, actually, you're having a meeting. I need to be there. Wait till I get there in spirit so that he could appear with them and help them out. So don't tell me that St. Nick couldn't have delivered lots and lots of gifts Faster than going around in a sleigh. He could have gone from one dimension. He could have been in this city and then went to this city. You just, you know, things come and, the, and stories come from somewhere and they may get twisted because people go, oh, how can that be possible? But if it's in the word and things are possible and, and we have angelic help and we have things that, that don't fit in the realm of just the natural and it's, we're only limited of what we can do in God by this. It's our thinking. And it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know the good and perfect will of the Father. It's like if we limit God by our little natural minds of what we can do, we are limiting what God is going to be able to do in our lives and through our lives. God is a supernatural God and he does not move in time. Like He's not constrained by time and he does, is not constrained by these dimensions. We've got to get out of the thinking of this is it and only what I can touch, feel, taste, see or smell, that is my reality. The reality is that God is so much bigger and there are so many more dimensions and if we don't catch up as Christians and believings and catch up with what actually this book says, the world is going to look and go, you are archaic. We're going to be like all the Christians and the church that said the earth is flat. And they stoned people for that. And science is saying there is dimensions and realms now and we need to get into this book and look with an open eyes and an open spirit and go, God, show me because there is realms and dimensions that people are moving in now and people are going from place to place. There's people we know that they have been sitting in, in, in America and they have been taken photos of that they were in China. And they went, we were never there. Yes, you were. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't. They're emailing them. Yes, I've got a photo. Here you are. And here they are in China when they were never, they, they'd never thought they were in China, but they went there in the spirit. Paul said, wait till I get there in the spirit. Elijah said, you know, Gehazi went after um, Naaman was healed. Of, he dipped in the Jordan River seven times and Gehazi raced after him to get some money. And he came back and Elijah said to him, why did you do that? And he said, how did you know? He said, my spirit went with you and saw what you did. It's in there. All this supernatural stuff is in there. And it's so easy to shut it down because we just get down here. And we start to think only what we can see, touch, smell, hear and taste. And it's so much more. 
And it's like we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of a different realm. And we're, no, we're new creations. We're no longer constricted by times and seasons or the realm of the earth. And we need to start thinking of ourselves like that. And, you know, and the whole Santa Claus thing, it should really just push us. You go, well, that actually came from something. Where did the truth of that story come from? Go back and have a look. And what was he doing and what help would he have had? That's just how my brain works. You know, you don't have to go there, but that's how I work. I was like, he must have had angelic help. Angels are actually wanting to help us out. And if we never do anything because it's like, I can't do that by myself, then we limit our life. What could you do if you knew that you had angels helping you out? What would you dare to believe you could step out and do? Who would you talk to knowing that you had angel backup? What would you believe for if you knew that you had all the protection and privileges and rights of heaven at your disposal? How differently would you think going into this new year? I've got heaven backing me. I've got heaven on my side. I've got the king of the universe. He is my dad. Because it shifts your limiting thinking. It shifts that I am not alone anymore in this. I have everything I need. That I'm complete in him. I have all of heaven cheering me on. That's what it says, Hebrews Hebrews 12. A great cloud of witnesses. Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Peter, Paul, John. All those guys cheering us on going, come on. You don't know who you've got. You've got help in heaven. Somebody said to me, you know, you've got friends in high places. You actually do have friends in high places. Just higher than this realm. We have friends in high places and they can do stuff. Somebody was sharing with me that the Lord had said that to them. They were feeling like, how can I do this? And, and, they, and the cloud of witnesses engaged with them and said, you've got friends in high places and we can do stuff your friends down here can't do. That's pretty cool. So when you walk into the room or you walk into a, you know something that you're going, all right, I'm going to step out, know that you have friends backing you up. They're there to help us. Plus, you've got all the angels of heaven. You know, they're twiddling their thumbs half the time going, are they, are they going to do anything? Are they going to stretch their faith? Are they going to speak the word today at all? Or are we just waiting, waiting? Oh, they're, they're busy over here. Let's see we'll get on that. They're waiting for us to engage and do something. Do something. Just go and do something that is bigger than what you can just do by yourself. Start to believe for something that is bigger than what we can do by our little old selves because we will limit our life and we're going to get to be, you know, our life is done here and we'll get to be permanently in heaven. We'll go, oh, I could have done that. I could have done that if we just thought differently and believed differently. Amen? Yeah. You want to come? Yeah, I'll give you the mic. They won't be able to hear you. <laughs> um, this is a very, very small example, but I've got to take this absolutely revolting glug. Well, I don't got to take it, but I'm taking it for my own welfare. It's 500 mil. And the first week I took it, and afterwards I gagged. So I just had this thought come to me, go and somewhere else while you're taking it. So that's what I do. I go to the beach and I walk along the beach and I can feel the water. And before I know it, it's down and it's gone and the thing, the mixer thing in the end taps me on the nose. I've got to take a breath in between, but I don't even, doesn't taste even. It's just, yeah. So you go to a different dimension. Yeah. 
That's right. When you're struggling with things down here, you can actually just close your eyes and go to that place and just, you know, like you can be in that realm where God will help you. You don't have to be stuck just on this level all the time. Yeah?